Hey everyone, I'm your host, Ichi, and welcome to What Happened Again podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we're going to continue on with our Oscar series, and today's episode will be on Ford vs. Ferrari. And so as always, I'll be giving my summary of the movie, followed by my thoughts and review. And so if you've already seen the movie and you want to skip straight to the thoughts and review, then down below my description, I'll leave a timestamp that you guys can skip to. And also, the summary portion and the thoughts and review will all have spoilers. And so if you haven't seen this movie yet and you want to watch it spoil-free, I suggest stopping the podcast right now, go back and watch the movie, and then come and listen to my thoughts and review. And so with that, let's begin. And so Ford vs. Ferrari is a movie all about car racing, and it's about two men, Carol Shelby and Ken Miles. And so Carol Shelby is a man who is really accomplished in the racing world. He won the race in Le Mans, which is a very prestigious race in France, and it's a race where the driver basically goes around the track for 24 hours. And so he's very accomplished for doing that, but as he was driving in the race, he started getting like heart problems, and so after the race, the doctors told him that he couldn't race anymore. And so he opens Carol Shelby International, which is a manufacturer for sports cars. On the other hand is Ken Miles, who is his friend, and he is a car mechanic, so he's not prestigious, he doesn't have that much money, but he has a family, a wife and son, and he's also really good at racing. And so during his free time, he'll join like local races and things, and he'll win, but the reason why people don't want to sponsor him is because he has a really bad temper, and so every time he wins, it means nothing, and he just goes back to working in the garage. And then one day, he comes home and realizes that he's been in a lot of debt, and it's caught up to him, and so now the garage that he worked at is actually shut down, and now he needs to find another job to support his family, and he like swears off racing because he just needs to focus on supporting his family. And so while Carol and Ken are off, you know, living their own lives, back at Ford Motor Company, they realize that they're actually losing a lot of money. You know, not many people want to purchase their cars anymore. They're not doing as well, and they're trying to think of different approaches to, you know, stay on top. And so one guy proposes to be more like Ferrari because even though Ferrari only makes a few cars, they make really, really good cars and race cars that always win in Le Mans, that prestigious race. And so if they had a really cool car, like a car that people would want, then more people would buy it. And so they had this plan of going to the guy who owns Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari, and making a deal with him where they could purchase his company. And so they go all the way out there, they're speaking to him, and at first, things seem to go well. You know, they're all waiting there. He's thinking about it. He's reading over the contracts. But then Enzo Ferrari gets a call from another company, and they tell Enzo that they'll pay more money to buy his company. And so Enzo asks one simple question to the Ford people, and he says, if Ford owns my cars and I still want to raise in Le Mans, will I be able to? And, you know, the Ford people are like, no, that's not part of the contract. If we had differing opinions then, you know, Ford would get the final say. And so Enzo gets, like, really, really offended, and he just, like, goes up to the four people and starts yelling at them and just, like, throwing insults. And he says, like, you know, your CEO is pig-headed, he's fat, and he just, like, craps on the Ford company. And so then he says, you know, I'm taking this other offer, we're not having a deal, and then he walks out. And so the four people are shook, and they're, like, slightly offended. And so they go back to America, and they go back to their CEO, and he's like you know, what happened, and they tell him everything that happened, and the CEO is now, like, fired up, like, he's pissed off, he's really offended at these insults, 
And so he says, you know, we're going to make a race car. We're going to race at Le Mans and we're going to win. And I don't care how much money it's going to take, but we're going to do it. So he hires, you know, some guys and he's like, all right, make this happen. And so the only way to make a really, really great race car is to talk to the best. And so the best is Carroll Shelby because, again, remember he won Le Mans. And so they ask him, you know, questions and they're like, so how does one, you know, build the best race car in the world and how can I win at Le Mans? And Carol's like, you know, money can buy you a great race car, but money can't buy you a win because a win doesn't come from, you know, having the best car. It comes from having the best car and the best racer. And so you can't buy your win. But he agrees that he'll help them. And he says that he has a person in mind that he wants to join up with. And so he goes up to Ken Miles and proposes the idea. But Ken at first, you know, rebuffs it. He doesn't want anything to do with racing. He just wants to work at the garage. He just wants to help out his family. But Carol just keeps talking to him, tries to convince him. And so one night, Carol just brings him over to his track with a really nice race car and just let Ken ride around and, you know, tell him what's wrong with the car and what he thinks could be improved. And so... After that moment, he decides that he's in and that he'll help Shelby. And so the next day, it was like a really weird scene. He's like riding in the car with his wife and the wife is the one driving. And she's like, what did you do last night? And he's like, oh, nothing. And she's like, nothing. And he like brushes off the question. And then she just starts like speeding up and she goes faster and faster. And she's like, tell me what you did last night. Tell me what you did. And he's like, whoa, 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 why are you getting mad? Why are you getting mad? And he's like, I just went out with Carol. You know, he showed me a car. I drove around the tracks. You know, I told him what was wrong. And she just keeps going faster and faster. And she's like really upset. And he's like, why are you so mad? Like, what's going on right now? Like, I thought you wanted me to get back into racing. I thought you would be happy. And she's like, I am happy. Just don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. And then like he tells her how much he'll be getting from this job. And then she like instantly switches. And she's like, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. And she's like all happy again. And so it's official. He's working for Carol. And so now the next sequences are of just, you know, Carol and Miles. And they're just testing out different car prototypes. And Miles is driving it around and then telling Carol, like, what he liked, what he didn't like. And there are mechanic people out there. And they just kind of fix the car up however Miles feels is best. And so they just keep working at it, you know, work, drive, fix. And it just continues on. And then... The 1964 Le Mans race is coming up. And so obviously Miles thinks that he's going to be the one driving it since he's been the one who's been testing these cars and telling them what to fix. But then the Ford people come in and they think that Miles is, you know, not their ideal driver. Again, his bad temper that has hurt him in the past before gets back to him. And Ford just doesn't think that he's their poster child. So instead of bringing Miles to Le Mans, they bring two other drivers to race instead. And so, you know, Carol's really upset. Carol's like, Ken's been out there this whole time, you know, working on the car, fixing the car. So he should be the one that drives it. And Ford's like, sorry, like what we say goes and we don't want him representing Ford. And so while they go to Le Mans, Miles is just like in the garage fixing up some cars and he like turns on the radio to listen to what's happening at the race and you know it's just really sad he's missing out but then his wife comes and cheers him up and they just dance in the garage and that's that and you know they predicted this they predicted that Ford would have their hands all over this project before Miles even agreed to work with Carol Shelby, he said, you know, you'll never have a say in this project. Even though they hired you to be the guy to make the best race car for Le Mans, 
Ford will always have a hand on the project. And so when Ford pulled Miles out of the race and put in the other two, you know, it just wasn't a surprise. It was predicted by them. And so as expected by Miles and Carol, none of the racers win the race and they actually lose pretty badly. And Henry Ford II, the CEO at the time, brings Carol in and he's like, okay, explain to me why I shouldn't fire you right now from this project. And Carol's like, I made you the best car out there. And he explains that the GT40 that he made actually really scared Ferrari because it got to 218 miles per hour and it was really, really fast. And so he says that the car is not the problem, it's the driver. And he told them before, you can't buy a win. You could have the best car out there, but if your driver can't handle it, then you're not going to win. And so Carol says, again, you know, I have a driver in mind. He's the best one out there, and you need to give me full control on the situation. You can't have all the other four people telling me what to do. Like, you need to trust me on this. And so Henry Ford II is like, okay, fine. You have total control. Do whatever you want. And so they continue testing the cars until one day, as Miles is driving it, he's almost killed because the car just starts exploding and there's fire everywhere and he's on fire, but luckily he's able to get out and everything's okay. And so his son was there that day in practice and he says like, is this safe? Like, is this okay? And the mechanic's like, yeah, like they have like fireproof suits, like it's fine. And then the son says like, oh, well this one driver had a fireproof suit and he still died with an explosion in his car. And the mechanic goes, he just needs to get out. The racers always just need to get out of the car and then they'll be fine. All they have to do is get out. And so after that, they continue testing the car and then the senior vice president of Ford, the guy who never liked Miles, the guy who didn't want Miles to drive in Le Mans that day, he takes over the racing division and he hopes to continue the program without Miles. And so then Carol gets really upset again and so he devises a plan. And so one day when Henry Ford II is on the tracks and the vice president is also there, he locks the vice president in his office and brings the CEO for a ride in the race car and they're just racing and the CEO just starts crying. He's like hysterically crying and Carol's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he says that he has no idea how fast a car could go. He could not even imagine, you know, he wishes his father was still alive to see this and to experience this and he just could not believe how fast they just went. And so Carol looks at him and he says, exactly, sir. This car is really dangerous. It's really fast. It cannot be driven by just anybody. It has to be driven by Miles. Miles is the only one who can drive this car and win the race at Le Mans. And so he makes a bet and he says, there's another race in Daytona. Let Miles and other people enter that race. And if Miles wins the race, then he'll be allowed to race at Le Mans. And if they lose, then Carol will give Henry Ford his whole company. And so now it's time for the race in Daytona and Miles has entered the race as well as another Ford race car driver that the vice president has put in. And so you can see it's really, really unfair because Miles had like just a normal pit stop crew and the other Ford race car guy had like a really professional NASCAR team supporting it. And so it was really unfair. The vice president set them up, but at the end, Miles still wins. And so he's allowed to race at Le Mans. And so it's 1966 and it's at the Le Mans race. And on the fourth side, it's Miles and two other Ford race cars. And so they're ready to ride and they begin the race. And so at the beginning, Miles is struggling because his door is faulty and so it wouldn't close. And so he's going really slow and he's just trying to close the door while he's also driving. And so he stops at the pit stop and one of the mechanics hits the door of a mallet and it closes. And so right after that, Miles speeds off and begins trying to catch up to the Ferrari. And, you know, it's just 
the Ferrari has lapped him and stuff, and so he's trying to go really fast, and he's trying to set lap records, and just trying to catch up, and he's doing really, really well, and it's just like a back and forth between Miles and the Ferrari, and it's like really, really close, and it's really tense, and then finally the Ferrari like blows its engine, and it completely eliminates Ferrari from the race, and so Miles is now like really, really far ahead, he's doing so well, there's like no way that Miles can lose this race. Then the vice president of Ford gets this brilliant idea that since Ferrari is completely out and the first, second, and third place cars are all three of the Ford race cars, then it would be a really, really cool picture if Miles slowed down and let the other two catch up to him and so that all three cars would pass the finish line at the same time. And so he tells Carol this and Carol is so pissed off. He doesn't want to hear it. It's ridiculous to have Miles, you know, slow down for these two. Miles is doing so well. He can win. If he wins Daytona and if he wins Le Mans, then, you know, he could be one of the legends of race car. And so he says, no, screw you. Like, we're not having this. We're not talking about it. But then for some reason, Carol goes to Miles and tells him what, you know, the vice president of Ford wants to do. And at first, Miles is really, like, upset with it and disappointed at what they want him to do. And Carol says, even if you tie for first, having one Daytona, you would still be a really big deal. And I'm not going to tell you what you should do. You know, I'm just telling you what they said. And so you can do whatever you want. It's your car. You can do whatever. And so Miles is like, screw it. And so he gets in the car and he's like zooming past and he's driving really, really fast. And you could tell that the vice president of Ford's like really upset. He's like, why aren't they listening to me? Like, do what I say, do what I say. And so Miles is like zooming past and he's right about to win. He's like, he can see the finish line and he's right about to win. And then he thinks, you know, back to his bad temper and, you know, his bad image. And the reason why Ford doesn't want him in the first place, why no one wanted to sponsor him. And so he's like, fine, I'll be a team player. And so he slows down his car so that the other two can catch up. But he's like slightly ahead still, so it's not too bad. And so he's like in the front with the other two cars right beside him, and they pass the finish line together. And so everyone's cheering because technically Miles, you know, still won. He was still in front. And so everyone's cheering. Everyone's having a great time. And then it hits you that Miles didn't actually win the race. And so there's a technicality in the rules where because the other Ford racer started further back at the beginning, because they were really close at the finish line, because he started further back, he technically won the race. And so even though Miles was first across the line, he didn't win the race. And so having heard, you know, this new outcome, Carol gets really upset. You know, he goes to the vice president. He's like, you knew about this. You knew about this. You set him up. You set him up, which, you know, honestly, probably was the case. The vice president was terrible. And so he probably knew about this rule. He probably wanted that picture just so the other guy can win and not Miles because now the interviewers and everybody are going up to the other racer, giving him the rewards, you know, giving him the interviews and Miles got nothing, even though technically he crossed the finish line first. And so it just sucked, you know, honestly to see Miles give up his position as first place, an undisputable first place to not win the race at all. And so... Miles just kind of shrugs his shoulders, you know, what happens, happens, and he just goes on with his day. And so, two months later, after Le Mans, Carol and Miles are back at the track, and they're trying out new cars, racing new cars, but then Miles once again experiences brake failure, and his car blows up again and results in a huge crash. But this time, unlike the last time when he got out of the car, he wasn't able to get out, and he actually was killed because of this. And so the movie ends with Carol, you know, six months later, going back to Miles' house 
And his son comes up to him and they talk about his father. You know, they just have a good moment. They talk to each other. And then Carol gives the son a wrench that Miles had thrown at him one time and lets him keep it. And right after that, he drives away. And that is the end of Ford versus Ferrari. And so let's get into my thoughts and review. I'll first start out with my segment called Face Palm, which are moments in the movie that I didn't particularly like. And not like plot moments where like, oh, I wish Miles had won the race. More things of like, why did the director put this into the movie and why did they think it was a good idea? And so my first facepalm was the scene in the car with the wife when she's like going crazy and she's like driving really fast and she's like yelling at him and everything because that scene made no sense to me. Like literally when he gave up racing, she was like, you shouldn't give up racing. You wouldn't be yourself if you give up racing. Like you love it. Like please go back and do it. And she looked out the window the night before and she knew that he went out with Carol to probably talk about cars or race cars or something about cars. And so I don't understand why she was so upset with him in the car when he decided to, you know, take the job. Because he's right. Like, she was wanting him to go back to racing. So why is she so mad? And the way that she was just, like, freaking out and overreacting, like, to me, seemed very unwarranted. Like, I can understand being upset because your husband didn't tell you where he was last night and he's not really responsive when you're asking him. But to get that upset where you're, like, driving really fast and being really reckless in the car and just like screaming at him and just being really like conflicting and confusing the whole time I was just like oh my god lady you're overreacting like please just calm down another moment I didn't particularly like was the really heavy foreshadowing they gave about the crash the first time when Miles crashed his car and his son asked the mechanic you know like is this safe and the mechanic goes they just have to get out of the car like they just have to get out like that was basically looking at the camera and telling the audience like he will die later and it will be because of a crash like there was such heavy foreshadowing that it just wasn't even a question anymore like we knew this was going to happen and it just seemed like a very cheap way or like a really easy way of just like putting that in there for the audience to suspect um so i just like wasn't really loving the way that they handled that and so other than those two facepalm moments the movie was pretty good overall and so there wasn't much to complain about, honestly, just those two things that I was like really nitpicky about. But other than that, like, honestly, those two scenes didn't make or break the movie. They were just things that I didn't particularly love about the movie. And so this leads into my segment on my overall thoughts. And again, I really did like this movie. It wasn't like the best thing I had seen this year, but it wasn't the worst. And it was just like in the middle kind of movie where it was like a really feel good movie. Like, there wasn't anything blowing your mind. And not every movie needs to blow your mind, right? Like, Parasite and Knives Out are a little different. But this movie was just, like, a good old-fashioned movie about racing. And it was just really enjoyable. I mean, there were some parts in the movie that maybe could have been taken out. This movie was a lot longer than I actually thought it was going to be. And if they had taken out maybe some scenes in the middle when they were testing the car. You know, there was a lot of scenes of them driving the car, testing the car, fixing the car. Maybe if they reduced those scenes a little bit and just went straight towards like the races, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, mainly because I don't really know much about cars. And so like all their talk about what needs to be fixed and everything, like I didn't particularly care. I kind of just wanted to see the race, and like the outcome of the race. And so again, it would have made the movie a little shorter, but not a huge deal. And about the foreshadowing thing that I mentioned earlier about how the mechanic says like they just need to get out of the car. Because he said that and because I knew that you know, Miles was going to die in a crash from an explosion or something, right? The whole time after that, I was like watching these scenes and I was just like waiting for it. And so the first time I really thought it was going to happen 
was when his door wasn't working at the beginning of the race and then the mechanic comes and like mashes it in with the mallet for it to like stay in and then he like continues driving on. The whole time I would just kept repeating in my head like he has to get out, he has to get out. And so when he hit the car with the mallet to like really keep the door in, I was like, oh my god, like if this car explodes right now, like that door is shut, right? So like he's gonna die that way. And so I was like really expecting that to happen. Luckily it didn't, you know, the next time he entered the pit stop, he like opened it fine. So that suspicion was gone. And then the whole time as he's racing, you know, it gets dark and they're tired. They've been driving for like 24 hours. And so during those scenes, I was really like on edge, just like waiting for him to accidentally crash into a wall or something and then blow up. And I know this is based on real life. If you know the story of this race and these people, then like obviously you know what's going to happen. But I came into this movie not knowing anything about these people or, you know, this whole race and stuff. So to me, this is a completely new story. And so if you're someone who knew coming in, you probably were like, yeah, obviously he's not going to die during this race. That makes no sense. But to me, I'm like, he could die anytime. Like, I have no idea. The way that he died at the end, though, seemed kind of rushed. Like, the race just ended. It was like a really good moment. Like, good as in like storytelling and that like... He didn't win and it was really messed up and the audience is probably feeling like a lot of anger because he didn't win. But like the audience feeling something towards a movie is great in itself. Like to get the audience to feel the emotions that you want them to feel. That's probably what they were trying to go for with that race. And then like literally right afterwards, like the next scene, he's just like driving on the track and then he blows up and then you find out that he dies. Like it was just so quick. Like they're just like, they spent so much time with testing the car, fixing the car, they spent so much time at the actual race, and then right afterwards with the rest of his life, they just started to like give it 10 minutes or something and just like have him die right away and then like end the movie. And so like I wish maybe they would have spent a little more time. It would have been nice to know what Miles' family thought about him not actually winning the race, you know, when they saw him slow down so that the other two cars catch up. His son was like, what are you doing? Like to the TV because they're watching at home. He was like, why are you slowing down? And so like it would have been nice for him to come home and to like embrace his family and, you know, kind of explain to his son what happened, why he did it, you know, that it's okay that he didn't win because at least he got to race the race, you know? Like it would have been nice to see like the aftermath of the race with his family and his life and then kind of rebuild that bond with like the son and the father and then like have the son watch him at the track the day that he died. It would have been like more impactful, I think, rather than like, him being at the race and then going to him at the track dying like it just like was very rushed and sudden like I wish they just fleshed that out a little bit more but overall again very enjoyable movie and this is like really embarrassing to say but it actually made me feel really cool when I got back into my car to like drive home like I just felt like I was in a race car and I was just like vroom vroom and like even when I did stupid things like turn on my turn signal or like turn on my lights like whenever I was merging lanes, I just like felt like I was in a race and it just felt like really cool to be driving at that moment. I don't know. It was really silly, but that was directly after I watched the movie. It was pretty fun, honestly. And so now I'll go into my segment called Obsessed, which are moments in the movie that I was absolutely obsessed with. So although I didn't like the scene with the wife in the car when she was like yelling at him and driving really quickly, I did really, really appreciate the scene when... Miles is at the garage and everyone else is at Le Mans but he was not invited and he's all alone he's listening to the race um, from the radio and then his wife comes over with like a picnic basket and she brings him food and they just stand there and they're like dancing 
in the garage. I thought that was like a very sweet moment. Another moment I really, really enjoyed was when Miles was just about to cross the finish line before he slowed down to let the other two catch up. He was zipping away. He was driving. He was really, really happy. And he like sang that song that he was saying with his son. I think that song actually spells happy. Like he was just like really, really excited and he was singing and everything was just going right for him. And I thought that was like a really, really nice moment. I really liked it. Of course, you know, before then he like slows down, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But the moment before when he was just so happy, it was just so nice to see because everyone doubted him. Everyone gave him crap. No one wanted to hire him. No one wanted to give him a chance. And now look at him. He's about to win Le Mans. The last thing that I was obsessed with was when Carol Shelby takes Henry Ford II off to the tracks and drives him around in the race car. And then Ford is crying. And at first, you know, I thought that he was crying because he was so scared. Like it was really fast, you know. He was going through all the turns and everything. And so when they stopped and Ford started crying, I was like, oh, he probably couldn't handle it. Like that's what I thought at first. But then when he says, you know, I didn't know this is how fast a car could go. I had no idea. And I just wish my father was here to see this. He would have loved this. And it was just like a really touching moment because he's just a guy who owns a car factory who loves cars. Like this is his life. This is his job as well. And for him to be able to experience such a crazy thing as a race car and to see how far technology has come with race cars, it was just like a really pure and wholesome moment. Like you really didn't like him throughout the whole movie. He didn't keep the vice president in check. He didn't really do anything to help Miles or to help Carol. But in that moment, I was just like, you know, he's just a car fanboy. Like that's all he is. And he's just so happy that he got to experience this moment. And so I really liked that scene. And so I'm going to go into my next segment called Quote of the Movie, which is basically just my favorite quote of the whole movie. And so there's a scene early on in the movie where Miles is just racing in a local race. And this is before all the Ford stuff, you know, this is just him by himself. And you get to really see the bad temper that Miles has. And so there's like this official judge person and he's trying to inspect Miles' car and the trunk doesn't close. And so the official's like, you're, you have to be disqualified. Like, it's part of the rule book. Your trunk has to close. Yours doesn't. We can't race you. And Miles, you know, gets really mad. And he says, no, no, look. Can I ask you a question? All right. When you were a little boy, did you think, when I grow up, I want to go to the fabled Willow Springs Raceway and I want to enforce paragraph 15.4, section 2B of the SCCA regulations on luggage capacity? And it was just really funny because he was being so sassy. He was being so mad. And the guy was right. Like, it was such a small thing, the trunk not closing. And so for him to just be like super sassy towards him, I thought that was really funny. And so that was like one of my favorite moments and quotes of this movie. And so going into my rating of the movie, as always, I do not give my movies a numerical ranking, but I put them in the buckets and my buckets are love, great, good, like, all right, apathetic, and bad. And so I would put this in the solid good category. It wasn't, again, mind-blowing like Parasite or Knives Out that are in the great category. It wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, so it definitely won't make my love category. But it's definitely a movie that I'll rewatch again. And I'll also like recommend to people to rewatch it. Like if they gave me a list of movies and Ford vs. Ferrari was on that list, I would be like, yeah, watch that one. You won't hate it. You know, you will enjoy yourself while watching it. It might not be your favorite movie, but you're going to have a great time watching it. And so for now, it'll be sitting in my good bucket. 
And so that concludes my episode on Ford versus Ferrari. Thank you so much for listening. As always, next time, I'll continue on with the Oscar series. The Oscars are actually coming up really soon. They're on February 9th. And so I think I'll have time to cover two more movies, and then I'll make an episode about my predictions on the Oscars. And then, of course, once the Oscars airs, I'll make an episode on like what happened during the Oscars, who won, what were my thoughts, you know, all of that. And so I hope you stick around for all of that. My next movie that I'll be covering is Joker. And so I hope you guys come back and I hope to see you guys soon.